Jock Landale, 26 year old from Australia, 6'11, 256. I'm not saying he's large, but I could feel the floor, the, the floor tilt slightly. Australia, how are you going? It's Friday, TGIF, am I right? Friday, December 3rd, all day. Oh yeah, it's fucking Friday, let's do this. I am your host, James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes, Rolling Stone, Triple J, whoever else wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff. Here giving you the lowdown in Larry Armour Studios of all the ins and outs of the NBA. While repping Australia a bit, that's what we do. And we don't take things too seriously. Might have already gathered that. That's how it goes. Today, we got the biggest win in NBA history. The biggest blowout. The biggest margin. What an absolute belter that was. Okay, so talk about fuck it Friday. That's what OKC just pulled off. Uh, we got another Bulls-Knicks belter. LeBron put in a call and got out of the COVID protocols. <laughs> Zion's foot's bugging again. Five games to talk about as well in the NBA Australia game wraps. Uh, that's not a knife, old mate. No, mate. Spot of the night. Better than Lonzo Ball. Dickhead of the week which I believe is turning into Legends of the Week. Uh, we've got Yeah Nas, we've got the Unpopular Opinion of the Day, we've got our back takeouts, where we're serving up a flame grilled take. Uh, we've got a very brief Australian Player Watch and a Luke Longley Memorial bloke who just does their bloody job award. And uh, the game previews and picks for the entire weekend. Oh, that's going to be fun, isn't it? Uh, we might finish off with a uh, classic Cooking with Baines as well for you. I reckon you'll enjoy that. So, let's buddy well get to it. Episode 712 of NBA Australia. Let's go. Alright, support for NBA Australia is brought to you by Manscaped, the men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world, making your pain look good. And they offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And they just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0, all across Australia and New Zealand. You heard that right, the 4.0. It'll make you go, oh my god, this is a good trimmer, Jimmy Juice. So you can join my old man uh, and two other men worldwide. You trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code Australia at manscaped.com. Seriously, the old boy reckons it's great. Uh, I love it. We got to be, uh, you know, some of the first folks to try the old new 4.0 here in uh, Oz and NZ Brew. Uh, I love it. It's just so easy to use. If you're using, like, anything else on your, like, nether regions, you'd... Literally almost taking the piss because it's ridiculous. This has got a light. It's got the advanced skin safe technology with the ceramic blade. It's got everything you need. It's wireless, waterproof, boom, off you go. And it's just like this house. No bloody nicks. Bloody nicks. None of them. I <laughs> love it. So if you're using the same, your face trimmer on your nuts and then using it back on your face, that's gross. Sort your shit out and go get one of these. Come on. Get your own ball hair and body hair trim with Manscaped to make me time the best time. Your balls will thank you, and so will literally anybody else who goes anywhere near or around them. So you'll get 20% off and free shipping with the code STRAYER at manscaped.com. That's 20% off. It makes a big difference, I'll tell you that much, and the free shipping at manscaped.com. Use that code STRAYER 
and unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. This is Matthew Delvedover and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Oh, you better. I better watch out for the Memphis attack, the record-breaking attack. If you were the G League OKC Blue. I mean, wait, that was the thunder? Question mark? Oh, jeez. All right, let's get stuck into today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Australia with the daily whip around LeBron James. He's back. He's back. Remember yesterday how he was like, there's something fishy going on, bro. Adam Silver's very clearly shit his pants going, fuck, LeBron's coming for me. He's coming for my neck. LeBron, he's coming. LeBron, he's coming. Did you like the wire? Omar coming? Did you get that one? Anyway, uh, so... LeBron was in the COVID protocols. Now, he is not. Why is that, Jimmy? Well, I'll tell you. Eight negative tests since he got back to LA on uh, Tuesday. So in a couple of days after a positive test uh, back in Sacramento. Do you reckon that was the Kings just going, nah, man, this is positive. Just put a positive in there. Just fuck him up, right? Get him out of here. Uh, but the thing is, the league reckoned he didn't, in fact, test positive. It was a false positive. And they've talked about how it all worked to him missing the Kings game and then coming back. I do love that the, the NBA were like, everyone's going to call our shit about this. We're going to break down exactly what happened. And uh, so he was placed in the protocols on Tuesday. That basically, there's a series of tests delivered conflicting results, including an initial positive test that was collected on November 29. Additional testing confirmed that he is not a positive case. So off he goes, and here we go. The sample that produced the initial positive test was rerun twice and returned one negative, one positive result on two different PCR instruments, which is crazy. So then he tested more negatives, negatives, negatives. So clinically inconclusive. Off he goes. Let's all just think about this from outside for just a second. LeBron literally called Adam Silver went, so am I really in the protocols, Adam? Am I, Adam? Oh, well, LeBron, you see, we have to do these things by the, am I, Adam? Am I really? Wink. <laughs> Okay, you're reinstated. We'll say it was a false positive, bro. Love it. Anyway, look, it was always a bit weird that even with the initial reporting, they were like, yeah, there was a positive initially and then there's been like two negatives and now it comes out there's been eight more negatives. Kind of makes a bit of sense. Zion! I love the turnaround of this. Everyone's excited. He's coming back to play a bit of uh, contact basketball today. Oh, no, he's hurt. (laughs) It was like a two-hour turnaround. They're like, oh, yeah, so he's going to be uh, back full contact, full participant in uh, practice and stuff today. Oh, wait, no, he's out for another at least week because he's sore. Yeah, he's sore in the foot that he had surgery on. Oh, really? Zion is sore in the foot that he had surgery? No shit! He's 140 fucking kilos! Do you reckon he'd be sore in his fucking busted foot? A forklift would feel fucking pain in its foot carrying him. Jesus. Yeah, that's a mess in uh, New Orleans. An absolute fucking mess. Speaking of messes, Lopez. Brooke Lopez, he's back. Uh, had a bit of back surgery. Never good. Uh, Mike Budenhoser, though, he was like, look, we're not going to put a timeline on it. We're also not going to say he's not going to play this season. Uh, we feel good about the surgery. He'll begin his rehab and do everything he can to put himself in a position to play for us. So 
it just seems like they were trying to rest and rehab it. That wasn't working. And uh, so the surgery, which is probably always going to be the last option for your back, was where they ended up with Blopez. Bit, bit shitty if you're the Bucks, but at the same time, they do have Bobby Portis. They do have Boogie, which is gnarly. Uh, but still, that sucks for Brooke Lopez. I mean, especially when you think about Lopez, right? Like, turning himself into an absolute three-ball bomber but also rim protector was absolutely crazy and really, really kind of critical to what the Bucks always do. Bobby Porter, similar vibes, not quite the same rim protector, ironically. But uh, look, they'll be able to sort of shuffle through this and hopefully Blopez comes back at some point this season, but yeah, it sort of stinks. A uh, little bit of uh, other news. Shy Red at Gilgis Alexander didn't play today for OKC. Oh, Jim, is that why they got beaten by a record amount? Maybe. Uh, he's in the concussion protocol, so... Just so you know. And then uh, following up from yesterday where I mentioned Kevin fucking what up? grabbed uh, Chris Duarte as he went up for his uh, game-winning layup with 0.9 seconds left. Huerta just gives him the old tug of the jersey, bro. The last two-minute report. Uh, Huerta grabs Duarte's jersey as he elevates and the contact affects his driving shot attempts. Should have been a foul call. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Look, it was a weird one because you can't really blame the refs. Like, just... Blindsided, I think, on that one, and what can you do? But it was a tough one, I'll tell you. And also, it's Chris Duarte. It's the rookie. He's just not going to get the benefit of the day. Oh, he's going over a game-winning layup. Oh, he missed it. Probably something fucky went down, but whatever. It's a rookie. Right, other news. Speaking of rookies, rookies of the month are announced. In the East, Evan Mobley. And in the West, Josh fucking Giddy. Giddy up. Woo! Love it. He was still out with the flu today, though. That's why OKC got killed. Uh, they did get straight killed, though, didn't they? So he got straight killed. Uh, but Gid, so he averages 10.4 points, uh, 5.8 assists, 7.2 rebounds, wins Rookie of the Month for the month. <laughs> month? Jesus. Rookie of the Month for uh, the West. Giddy up. The first of many accolades. He's also, he also I'm pretty sure, won Rookie of our fucking heart and Best Hair of the Year. The Mop Top Mumba. You love to see it. Players of the Month. Uh, in the East, you had Kevin Durant, obviously, and then in the West, Steph. Uh, very clearly our two leaders for MVP so far. Coaches of the Month in the East, you had Billy D. Billy Donovan out there for Chicago and Monty Williams in the West. Uh, obviously, because the Suns didn't lose all of November. Yeah, I think you should probably win that one, man. Right, let's fang through some game rats. Do you reckon I've had a bit too much coffee today? Yeah, a bit fucking Friday vibes. I'll tell you that much. Let's do it. Game raps, 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 game raps. Game raps had an absolute belter. Chicago, New York, again. This was crazy because Chicago looked like they just fucking killed him, right? Like, this ends up 119-115. No RJ Barrett for the Knicks. Taj Gibson gets booted early, which is a weird one, complaining about a foul call, and the ref just goes, well, fuck you then. Out you get. Chicago got it massive. Um... Knicks down big at the half. They go off on a... There was like... They were down 21. They rip off a string of points over in the third. It's a seven-point game. And from there, it was pretty close. It was like a 16-5 to run out of nowhere. Randall and Fournier. Like, Fournier finally ran his, found his range on his threes. Then quickly hits a couple of back-to-back threes. It's a three-point game. Chicago would just stop dead in their tracks. I think, like, um, the other Mitch Robertson scored as well. It was like a one-point game at that point. Vooch hits a three. Lonzo hits a three. Bulls go back up. But it sort of just... Stayed close the rest of the way. Like, Fournier kept hitting his threes. Eight minutes ago, Burks hits a three to tie it up. 
And Randall gets to the Knicks with the lead with less than five minutes to go. But I'll tell you what. DeRozan there in a huge buck with about three minutes left. And it went back and forth, like legit arm wrestle vibes. Like Randall answered, Levine hit some free throws, he hits a bucket then. Randall answers that. Two minutes left, it's 111-110. Randall ties it with one of his free throws, a minute and a half to go. A Randall turnover though, brutal turnover. Levine hits more free throws, Rose misses a three. DeMar hits another shot, and that was it. The Knicks just sort of, they kind of just coughed it up. Like, it's weird. Like, the turnover from Randall, uh, the missed Rose three. Like, I don't think Derek Rose had taken a three-all game. Whereas quickly, just, it doesn't matter if he's been sitting. He can just fucking nail shit any anytime. Same with Fournier. And that, it's like a D-Rose three. This is our answer here? No. Anyway, but huge holding in the moth vibes from Chicago. They play their asses off. Big win for them. Randall had one of his best games this year. But, again, on defense, when they're playing him at the five, Chicago was like, fucking sweet. Levine goes into the paint. DeMar goes... Like, DeMar... Like, that last bucket that he hit was just because Randall's in the paint and DeMar just sized him up and went, I don't fucking care. What are you going to do? Stop me? Nope. Bang, off he goes. He shot 14 to 21, Randall. 30, 12, and 6, but with seven turnovers. Uh, he didn't take any threes, which I thought was pretty interesting, too. Uh, Fournier, Burks, and D-Rose all had 16 quickly, starting with RJ Barrett out. RJ Barrett's uh, out with a non-COVID illness at the moment. Quickly at 15, and god damn, he's good. He just gets going. He just sets that fucking place alight at MSG. Mitch, the other Mitch Robinson, had five blocks with his 9.8 rebounds. They look good, the Knicks, but there's just something a bit funky this year. And I feel like they're getting a little bit closer to what they should be now that Kemba's been relegated to the bench and uh, not playing. But still, they lose this one because Dim DeRozan there, 34. He's going to pop up again later. 27 each for Levine and Vooch. Caruso had the number of the beast. 666. It's the number of the beast. Uh, four steals as well. He was out there dunking everywhere. Turn up the AC. Uh, Lonzo couldn't hit a fucking shot to save his life, though. Uh, 3 of 14. But look, great win for the Bulls. They were really just putting him to the sword. The Knicks fight back. What do we say here at NBA Strategies? It's hard to come all the way back to get the lead and then hold it. Uh, so the Knicks dropped to 11-11, Chicago 15-8, as mentioned. Milwaukee, I hear it's Algonquin for the good land. Not today. Doesn't translate in Canadian, because uh, that's where they were. They're in Toronto. 97-93, the Raptors win this. Giannis set this one out uh, with the calf. Uh, okay, uh, we're playing on a back-to-back. We'll rest Giannis. It actually made this a fun game, because Toronto is still missing a bunch of dudes. They got Gary Terrence Trent Darby Jr. back, but no, the OG Ananobi. Uh, this was close all the way. Six-point game, less than a minute to go. Precious. Achua with a massive block on Giroud right at the end. But Bobby Portis, he's like 30 seconds left. He nails a three. And it's like, here we go. Three-point game, 30 seconds left. It's still 14 and a half seconds left. It's a five-point game for the Raps. But boom, three points for mid, uh, three free throws for Middleton. Misses the last one. The bloody Bucks get the offensive board, and then Bobby Portis is fouled, all of which was all pretty contentious. The Middleton, like, foul was a bit, mm, okay. The Bobby Portis foul was a bit, mm, okay. But Bobby Portis hits one, misses the next. They get another offensive board. They kick it out. Paddy Connaughton in the corner. Great look for the go-ahead bucket. Clank. Precious gets the board. Three-point seconds left. He's fouled. Misses one, misses the second. Now, on purpose, they win the game. Woo! 
it was wild. Fred Van Vliet of the Fighting Van Vliet's was incredible in the second half. And they just held on, though. Milwaukee just made a, like, a big run at that. It was pretty gnarly. Middleton ends up with 22-8, and eight, but they shot 37% as a team. Uh, ninth, look, Giroux, he shot 10 of 19. He had 16 points, 6 rebounds, 8 assists. Good to see him play his, uh, his ass off. Because Giroux, been a bit of a struggle since he came back, but good good game here. 15-11 for Bobby Portis. But uh, the Grayson Allen-Patty C combo kind of killed the Bucks. They went 3 of 11 combined. Uh, six from downtown, six of seventeen overall for their uh, seventeen points. The Raps Van Vliet, twenty nine points, twenty six in the second half, incredible stuff. Uh, five of ten from downtown. Siakam, Pascal Sikkim, Siakam, twenty eight and four with six turnovers. Jesus. Woo! Uh, Scotty Boo, he had thirteen seven and four with three steals and a block. He is a menace. Gary, three of sixteen, two of ten from downtown. He and Lonzo. Yikes! Uh, Milwaukee, their eight game win streak comes to an end. They're fourteen and nine. Toronto. Bounce up to 10 and 13. Then the big one. The big one. Memphis beat the absolute bejesus. The absolute stuffing. They wailed on him with a 4v2. 152 to 79. Shall I rattle off some of the records? Should we do it? Should we bloody well do it? Because I'll tell you what. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. Because the Grizz, with all of this one, they were just like, oh, so not only did our bench outscore the entire other team, uh, we set the NBA record for margin of victory. We have a franchise record for margin of victory. We have a franchise record for most points. We have a franchise record for most bench points. We have the franchise record for assists, the franchise record for field goal percentage, franchise record for largest lead, and a franchise record for plus-minus rating. Jesus! This was an absolute fucking bloodbath. So, no, as mentioned, as mentioned, no SGA, no Gids, no Mop Top Mumba. So, this was crazy, though, because you sort of turned around, you're like, oh, it's not going to be that bad. Is it sure they'll be? They'll fall back. It was like 72 36 of the half. They doubled them up. The Thunder shot 24% in the first half. The Grizz were crushing it. They were 61%. D'Anthony Melton didn't miss in the first half, he was 7 7. Uh, it didn't get any better, though. You turned around, it was 101-51, and you're like, oh, symmetrical. By the end of the third, it was 51 points. Uh, it was 113-62. The Thunder were down 36 at the half, and then they lost the second half by 37. That is absolutely remarkable. So 152-79, the bench outscored the Thunder 93-79 to for the Grizz. They scored 82 points in the paint. The Thunder had 79 points total. It's the first time since 2000 a team scored more paint points than total points by the other team. So, incredible stuff. Uh, the next biggest win in NBA history was 68 back in 1991. Cavs over the Heat. Pacers, Blazers in 1998 was 65. 73. That is absolutely fucking amazing. I mean, I'm going to talk about it again later, but Jesus. 32% they shot. Uh, Dort had 15. Moose Muscala had 12. It was a fucking horror show for the Thunder, though. They all sucked. They all sucked. Uh, the Grizzlies, nine players in double digits. They went 62.5% from the floor, 52.8% from three. They went 19 of 36, and they scored 82 points in the paint. It's incredible. Uh, Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr. had 27. DeAnthony Melton had 19. Uh, John Contra had 17. He went three or four from downtown. Aldemar! At 18 and 10, but then you had Dylan Brooks, 11. Jarrett Culver, Jarrett Culver, baby, 11 points. 
Xavier Tillman, 11 points. Brandon Clark, 11 points. Even Tyus Jones. Tyus Jones had 10. Incredible stuff. The craziest part is Desmond Bain. Uh, basically, what? Their third best player for most of this with the Jar Triple J vibe. Their second best player probably today. Couldn't hit anything. He went one of six. He had two points, and he was still a plus 16. <laughs> what a world. The Oklahoma City Thunders. The Oklahoma City Blue. Six and 15 now. Memphis delivering all-time smackdown. They moved to 12 and 10. Three and zip without job. Phoenix, they beat Detroit 114-103. Weird game. Phoenix was smashing him up 18 at the half. Campaign was crushing it eight and was smashing it. They took the foot off the gas in the third. Cade started making shots. Jeremy, Jeremiah Grant was doing some stuff. It's like a five-point game hitting in the fourth. And that was because they wiped... It was only lucky because they wiped off the three from uh, Hamadou Diallo to make it five. But anyway, uh, the Pistons, I told you yesterday, right? They can be a little bit pesky. And that's why our pick yesterday hit. That was plus 12 and a half. They only lose by 11. Classic. Uh, but they sort of threatened. CP3 scored a bucket with three minutes left to put the Suns back up seven. Sham, wow, cans of three. And that was all, folks. Yibbity, yibbity. Uh, you got to appreciate the fight in Detroit, though. Like, Jeremy Jeremiah granted 34. Cade had 19 and five with five turnovers, but he shot it pretty well. Eight of 15. Beef Stew had 12 and 14. But the Suns, CP3 with 12 points, 12 assists. The Cams. Payne and Johnson, 19 each. You love to see that. DeAndre Ayton, uh, 17 and 12 for him. 18 points, 5 rebounds, 4 steals from uh, Michael Bridges. He was bloody good. Detroit, they're 4 and 18 now. Phoenix, 18 straight wins. Unbelievable. 19 and 3, best in the league. A franchise record. Unbelievable. And then finally, San Antonio beat the pants off of Portland in Portland. 114.83. Uh, The Spurs came out on fire. They're up 10 after the first quarter. They got up 21 in the second quarter. They were 10 of 20 from downtown at one point. It was crazy. They were still up 21 at the half. DeJunte, Dougie McBee, Deza White, Calvin Johnson couldn't miss. DeJunte had 11 and 10 assists at the half. The Blazers, though, they lost Anthony Simons to an ankle. They kind of stunk. Like, power was shit. CJ was shit. Spurs cruised. And then they just scored to score a single point for about five minutes of the third quarter. Blazers like, well, we better take our chance. And they got it to 14. <laughs> a couple of late buckets by the Spurs was 19 heading the fourth. It was hilarious. Uh, then they rolled through the fourth. Blazers got it back to 14 a couple of times, but the Spurs always had an answer. And then uh, we got some rock'em, sock'em, block'em, Landale time. Love that. Uh, the Blazers, they just stink. And I called this yesterday, right? Like Portland's without Dame... Spurs have just got like those lengthy dudes you can throw at CJ and Norm and off they went. So 16 points for CJ. That came on 7 of 18 shooting. 16 for Norm on 3 of 13 shooting. They shut those dudes down. Portland got nothing else. Boom. They shot 35% as a team. And that was it. Like the Spurs, all their starters are in double figures. Uh, 15, 13, and 7 for DeJunte Murray. 16 for Dougie McBuckets. Teenage Mutant Jakob Pertle was awesome. 14 points, 9 rebounds, and 4 blocks. Bryn, your mum's best mate. He chucked in 18 off the bench. Portland dropped to 11 and 12. Their uh, big home win streak comes to an end, and the Spurs move up to 7 and 13. You love to see it. Now let's do an NBA Australia approved performance of the night. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. Ah, uh, Fred Van Vliet, the fight Van Vliet, or we're going to have to go with DeMar. We're going to go with DeMar because that game. 
was hanging in the balance. The Knicks had fought all the way back. Chicago were incredible. DeMar had hung a pretty hefty amount of points on him. And the DeMar of old would have gone, well, that's enough. I'm done here, bro. But I mentioned the bucket that he hit with about three minutes ago. That was a fucking backbreaker for the Knicks because they'd taken the lead. They'd gotten the lead back. DeMar goes, fuck you, bang. He ends up with 34 points, six rebounds, three assists, a steal and a block. 12 of 19 from the floor and 10 of 11 from the free throw line. He was absolutely everywhere. But really, it was the crucial sort of scoring down the stretch that put the the Bulls over the top. And he now leads the league in fourth quarter scoring. He's just taken past, uh, gone past LeBron, I think, with seven and a half, uh, 7.6 points in the fourth quarters, which is crazy. Look, Clutch DeMar, I always used to give him shit. There's three players I love to shit on when it comes to the clutch moments. DeMar DeRozan, Tobias Harris, and Paul George. Paul George is kind of slowly sort of chipping away at that. Tobias Harris still fucking stinks. And DeMar DeRozan is completely going, fuck you, Jimmy. Is it all because I called him out? There's no way of telling. But also, yes. Spud, 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 Ruined it for them clearly yesterday by being there. Jeremiah Robinson Earl, 0 of 7. 3 of 8 for Dort. 5 of 14 for Ty Jerome. Poku goes 2 of 7. 1 of 8 for Paul Watson. They were all horrible. That's how you get beaten by 73. Everybody's shit. Uh, Gary Terrence Trent Darby Jr., 3 of 16 for him today. 2 of 10 from downtown. Raps 1 regardless. Lonzo, 8, 5, and 6. 3 of 14 from the floor. Also 2 of 10 from downtown. Couple of spuds there, but come on, this has got to go to the thunder. Like, it's just a murderer's row of spuds. It's so spuddy. It's like the inside of the squid's ears when you go, oh shit, when was the last time we cleaned these out? He's like, I don't know. Three year olds, they're funny as hell, aren't they? Anyway, um, so the thunder just really pretty much take home the spud of the night, spud of the year award. Like spud of the deck, spud of the fucking seventy-five years of the NBA, because nobody has ever lost this badly before. Like this, we may as well just shut down the Davis Batans Memorial Spud of the Night Award, because the Thunder were just spudding. There was a I, I don't know who tweeted out, but someone saw like Darius Baisley. Is there anything he does good? And it's a great question. But my favorite thing about some of the plus-minus numbers for the Thunder is that they're astronomical. Like, Jeremiah Robinson was a minus 56. Dort, minus 53. Trey Mann, minus 46. It's insane. They're numbers you just never see. But even, like, the dudes who shot half decent, it was Moose Muscala going 4 of 8 from downtown. Like, Ty Jerome, 5 of 14. Just basically 1 of 3. It was all horrible. They shot 32% as a team. They went twenty. They made 25 shots in the entire game. 25 unbelievable scene. So, yeah, Oklahoma City as a just collective are the spuds of the night. Uh, who's old mate, no mates? Old mate, no mates. 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 Who's got no mates today? Adam Silver. I mean, LeBron 100% 
like pressed him into letting him play. Zion's now too fat to play. Uh, everyone's getting COVID. Uh, they ripped off an absolute joke of a punishment for the Heat and Bulls for tampering, and everyone's just like, well, everybody does it, so why should we not do it now? We're only going to get fined a fucking second-round pick. I'll tell you what, the People's Commissioner could very much use a vice president of fucking common sense. I'm telling you that much. Uh, because just, look, mark my words, this is where it starts getting that little bit shaky for Silver. Like, you just sort of have weird, shitty, fucky decisions left, right, and center. And they would probably need to do something like expansion or something to sort of just throw everybody up the sense of how badly the NBA are fucking shit up in the last three, four years. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, look, they pulled off the bubble. That was fine, but... As we sort of mentioned yesterday, even that is sort of looking dubious as hell now. Ah, uh, pantsing of the night. Very fat, 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 very, very fat, fat. I mean, that's easy. Okay, so <laughs> it's like the ultimate pantsing. It's literally like a year 12 just going up to a year 7 going, what are you doing? Nothing. Dak. Dacking the year 7. It's a little bit, bit mean. It's also kind of funny, but not really. Come on, it's a year 7. It's a literally... Uh, but how's that, though? The Thunder lost a home game by 57 points to the Pacers last year, and then they lose a road game by 73 to the Grizz today. So they now have the largest ever road loss and the largest ever home loss in NBA history. That is just absolute ultimate panting shit. But seriously, like they, I know they don't have SGA or Josh Giddy today, but seriously, getting beaten by 73 points, like, this isn't the fucking... Beric under 14s. This isn't the nutter wadding specters kicking the fuck out of, like, I don't know, someone from Blackburn. This is literally actual professional basketball players losing by 73 fucking points. It's shut it down level fucking pantsing. So tough scenes there for the uh, Thunder. And look, couldn't happen to a better franchise. <laughs> Steal my team, would ya? See what happens. Finally, well, no, actually, we've got this in uh, Legend of the Week. Better than Lonzo Ball for today. <coughs> Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think he'll get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. He's coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. I already mentioned that Lonzo had a bit of a rough shooting day, so how about we have a look at, uh, I don't know, Lonzo, who was Ben Lonzo? How about Derek White? He was in the same one, as, same draft, obviously, as Lonzo. Derek White went 4 for 11, 3 of 8 from downtown, 12 points. Seven rebounds, five assists, a steal, and a block. That is better than Lonzo Ball. Also, Dennis Smith Jr., the number nine pick that year. Not better than Lonzo Ball. Two of eight, <laughs> six points, five assists, and three turnovers. No matter how hard he tries, he still... He had 5,019 minutes, Dennis Smith Jr. What an absolute fucking spud that guy is. Uh, finally, dickhead of the week. Dickhead of the Week! Which we're now going to replace with Legends of the Week is the Suns. They haven't lost since October. It's now December! Unbelievable! 18 straight is absolutely fucking amazing. Obviously, it's a franchise record, but I do feel like it's not even being quite made enough of. 18 is a fucking shit ton of wins. The problem is, of course, like the specter of the Warriors tomorrow is like kind of hanging over the top of them, but... 18. Look, you got to give it props where props are due, and that's what the Suns are getting today. That's amazing. Legends of the Week. Legends of the Month. Not just Coach of the Month. Team of the Month. Legends of the Month. The Suns. 18 straight wins. Clap it up, everybody. That is fucking legendary.
Alright, that's pretty good. So now let's go do some Yenars right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. Let's do some yeah, nahs. They're brought to you by the DailyLiquor.com from East Ninth Brewing. Look, if you're in Melbourne, it's party time. Lockdown, it's over. Don't go to the Bottolo, though. The Omicron post-CI8 might get you. Fuck that noise. Go to the online Bottolo, the DailyLiquor.com. They'll bring it to your door, Rona-free. All the beers, wines, cocktails you need, go check it out. And if you bang in the code STRAYER when you check out, you get a free six-pack of the Dos Blocos. How good is that? Oh, it's pretty good. Yeah, not bad. It's free beers. What more can I do for you? Literally nothing. Uh, so this is for the Melbourne metro area. You'll get same-day delivery before noon, so smash the dailyliquor.com right now. I'm going to six on your mate, Jimmy. All right, some really quick yeah nars today. Uh, yeah, is it a bit weird, unfair, that Kemba is, like, all the way out of the next rotation? Like, he goes from starter to not even playing. Yeah, nah. Probably nah. He was that bad. That they were literally like the worst of one of the worst offenses and the worst defense in the NBA while he was on the court, and I feel like it's probably good for him to take a bit of time just off, get a little bit healthier, see if he can't sort of uh, get a bit of spring in the step again, get the shot going, get healthy, rest up, and then sort of try to figure out where he fits in the rotation with Tibbs or a trade or something, right? Because. This is was always kind of the thing with the Knicks. Like, the Kemba idea was like, oh, well, we need, like, a point guard who could do some stuff. It's like, have you watched Kemba in the last four years? <laughs> like, the idea of Kemba is not the reality of Kemba anymore. And the Knicks have just learnt this in very, very, very quick fashion. So, um, I'd prefer him to stay in the Knicks because that's more fun. But they also already have, like, quickly, D-Rose... Alec Burks, they've already got the scoring guards. Like, and if Kemba can't keep literally anybody in front of him, like, what's what's the value there? So I don't know. Bit of a tricky one, but I'd like to see him give it a shot. Scotty Baxter, yeah, nah. Was the OKC belt down all due to no rookie of the month? Yeah, nah. Yeah, probably. I'd argue that they don't lose by a record seventy-three points if Giddy's out there. <laughs> Not just because he's going to be out there going, oh, well, I'm going to score 20, and that way we won't lose by 73. It's much more that, like, he just organizes the offense better and they score maybe a few more fucking points, especially in just garbage time when you're going up against the bench of the Grizz and they take the foot off the gas. That's when you make hay, and that's when you stop being completely embarrassed. That just didn't happen. Uh, Should Giddy win Rookie of the Year and MVP after that Thunder performance? Yeah, nah, I mean, obviously. You take him out of the out of the team, and look look what happens. They lose to Houston, they shit the bed yesterday, and then they get beaten by a record 73 points. So Giddy is very clearly the most valuable player in the NBA because if you don't play him, you lose by a record 73 points. It's a lot. Uh, should we have a mercy rule in the NBA? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, I kind of feel like we should, right? Like, if you're up by more than... 35 at three-quarter time. 
I think we should just pull the pin. <laughs> like add 18 to every team, like both teams score and just say that's the official score and just pop out. It's like, fuck, man, we're going to go to the pub. This, <laughs> this sucks. Uh, what about the unpopular opinion of the day? Oh, this one's a cracker. So, look, we've gone through a bit quicker, these ones. How about this one? Let's do this. Now, look at me, please. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Look at me, look at me, look at me. All right, you ready? That OKC result and some of the other lopsided scores we've had this year with teams day in, day out, the, the unpredictability of it all, is exactly why Adam Silver should try to save his job and think outside the box. Here's my voyeur. Let's add our two more NBA teams, like I said, expansion, Seattle and Vegas. But you know what we should actually do? We should cut some G League teams, get rid of the affiliate idea, but have it so players can go up and down, or, wait for it, on loan to NBA 1, because in NBA 2, we'll only have 20 G League teams. That's right, second division, and what does that mean? Relegation, baby! Woo! Fuck yes. Create me an actual Division 2. Look, go completely outside the box. Don't fucking sit there and go, oh, well, it's just like a feeder system for, like, our main teams, and that's where our two-way players play, man. You can keep your two-way players and everything if you're in the top league and you're 32 teams up in the NBA. Other than that, though, other players can go on loan if they need them. But... Let's set up so the G League's actually a fucking proper, proper Division 2. Let's do it, Adam Silver. Look, we're seeing this already anyway. The haves and the haves-nots. The big creamy middle. But Jesus, just imagine if there was like a really competitive G League uh, underclass as well. Like Sioux Falls are just like fucking on fire this year. And then suddenly they come in and it's like, oh shit, now we're in the big leagues. This is going to be awesome. And maybe they get like a couple of uh, actual the draft picks and all that sort of stuff. They get to build an actual franchise out of that. I'm just saying there's a kernel of an idea there. But Jesus, you wouldn't mind seeing the Thunder get relegated, would you? <laughs> After that performance. You lose by 73 points. That's what you get. Relegated. Pa-pow. Uh, right. What about Outback Takeouts for today? What? The relegation isn't big enough for you? It's Friday at Outback. You know what that means? Ice cold oil drum cans full of tasty tasties. Foster's horse piss like, oh, lager. Sorry. Slip of the tongue. Only at Outback. That's right. Four for one oil drum cans of Foster's. No prick at home drinks this shit because who fucking would? It's horrible. But we'll foist it onto you Yanks and say that it's Australian for beer. Only at Outback. And today's flame grill take is not only should the thunder be relegated, but I'll tell you what. The Grizzlies are very clearly better without ball hog Jama Rant. <laughs> Only. <laughs> I can't even get all the way through without laughing. 3-0 without Jar. And they might have beaten them by 100 if they had Jar in today. I love it. That's fucking great. Because you're looking at the uh, Grizz without Jar. You're like, well, they got Dylan Brooks back, but it's not exactly like he's lighting it up and they're 3 and zip. Love it. All right, we back uh, in a second with Australian Player Watch right after. Oh, it's still Hammer Week. Let's go with Hammer again. This is Shane Hill, and you're listening to NBA Australia.
All right, what did Chris Ball, Scott Kelly, and Reddit co-friend Alexis Ohanian have in comment? They're all on Noble, which is a rad new app with the world's top experts teach you new skills in bite-sized audio courses like Spotify for learning stuff. I love it. Squid hates it because it's not Thomas and Friends story time, but the bloke from NASA talks about space, Chris Paul about plant-based lifestyles, and Alexis Ohanian about how to launch a startup. So if you're keen on learning some new stuff, there's a hundred other experts waiting to teach you something new and knowable, so download it now from your app store, bang in the code STRAYER and get 20% off. It's great. I love them. Uh, easy on this for today because the Australian players, obviously, Josh Giddy out with the uh, non-COVID illness. Looks like he's got the flu. Hopefully he's all right. He was definitely on the internets. <laughs> Go check that out. Um, good times for Gids, though. And meanwhile, Rock'em, Sock'em, Jock'em, Lander. I love a good Spurs blowout because it means we get more Jock'em. Today, he played four minutes. Didn't bother the scorers. Zero points on zero shots, zero free throws, uh, zero rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks, but he was a plus six, so that's fucking awesome. Great job, Jockham. Right, what about the uh, Luke Longley Memorial Bloke who just does their bloody job award? Because I really enjoy this one today. Because today we're going to give it to Derek Rose. What's that, Jimmy? What? Well, it's a bit of a uh, Chicago-New York crossover. Similar to Luke Longley, right? Made his bones in Chicago after being drafted by the Wolves. Goes to the Suns. Ends up in the Knicks. D-Rose, obviously drafted number one by the Bulls. And goes from his pomp where he's, you know, winning MVPs. uh, Averaging 25 points a game. Absolute fucking whirlwind, daredevil, athletic freak of the highest order. And then his knee. Then his knee. All the other injuries, a litany of them, time after time. It fucking sucked. It really did. It really fucking sucked. Because there was a moment there where D-Rose was like at the absolute, you know, pointy end of the new NBA. Out there challenging LeBron and the heaters at that time. And then it all just goes to hell because of just fucking injury after injury after injury. And then... Derek Rose like kind of rebuilds his entire NBA career. Turns into like a guy who's coming off the bench and suddenly he's just scoring for you all the time. Pretty efficiently as well. And now you kind of think about it, he's been doing that for like five years. Like you go back to like, you know, 16, 17 when he first joins the Knicks. And like he was still starting at that point. He averaged 18 points a game for the Knicks that year, but. Then ends up, you know, in Minnesota and Cleveland and ends up back in Detroit and then back on the Knicks. And he's wildly effective. Like, surprisingly, he's 33 now, which is crazy to think about. Uh, Because the thing that sparked this in my brain was that they showed a bit of the D-Rose in MSG in his rookie year vision. And it was incredible because you just forget how much of a fucking athletic freak whirlwind, just absolute beast he was even as a rookie and how much fun he was so this one breaks my fucking heart a little bit but the cool thing is all the weird shit about D-Rose aside you've just got to appreciate how he's embraced his role off the bench changed his role changed his career and now just comes on and does his bloody job just like Luke Longley I loved it and it's always look I'm always a sucker for when they go oh like you'll see someone post YouTube highlights and it's like D-Rose 2011 you're like yes Hook this to my fucking veins. Anyway, so look, 
It's kind of like a uh, happy one, tinged with a little bit of sadness, but also happy because it's worked out okay. Uh, for the Paddy Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in, this one's a great one. He won the Don Award. After, uh, you know, leading the Aussies, the Boomers, to bronze at the uh, Olympics. Absolutely love it. And uh, so the tweets about this were pretty great. Congratulations to Patty Mills. He's been awarded the 2021 Don Award following his inspirational leadership performance at the 2021 Tokyo Olympic Games, where the Boomers secured their first Olympic medal. Uh, and he responded, oh, no, John Bradman, the son of uh, Sir Donald Bradman, the Don Award, this year's winner is not just a champion player, he's a champion person, a leader, a star, on and off the court, and most of all, an inspiration to us all. That's literally the Paddy Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter inspiration. What? It's right here. John, you could have just given it to Paddy Mills on this show. I'm just saying. Um, so John Bradman says that nice stuff. Paddy, uh, his speech was, I've never set out to win awards like this. I go about my craft as a professional and learn ways to get better and do so in carrying myself in a way I think I can inspire others. True. The honour isn't necessarily about me. It's about the impact on unity, identity, being proud of who you are and expressing that passionately. Absolutely beautiful stuff and inspiring shit, as always, from the absolute dead set legend, Patty Thrills, Patty Mills. We'd love to see it. So go check that out. Patty tweeted that all out. Go read the Don Award stuff too. It's really good. Right. Game previews for the weekend. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, Inadvertent Vane. Not a problem, Jimmy. How's it all going? Oh, yeah, pretty good. Chilling, not illing. Beautiful day here in Melbourne today. Going to go sink some tins. Off we go. It's Friday. Uh, today we went four of five on the picks. Only one we missed was Milwaukee. I thought they'd uh, step up, but obviously no Giannis. And obviously a change, like the as I mentioned on yesterday's show, if Giddy played, I would have taken OKC. Giddy didn't play. I took uh, Memphis, and they won by 73. So, yeah, so <laughs> we're 178 of 323 picks so far this year. Right, so tomorrow, Miami go to Indy. Oh, bit of a classic matchup, this one. Five and a half point favorites at home of the Pacers. Miami without Bam, without Butts. No Victor Oladipo, obviously. So this is a lot of Kyle Lowry, a lot of Tyler Hero. Can they beat Indy? Maybe. Not today. Well, not tomorrow and not in Indy. I'm going to the Pacers minus five and a half. Too much size, too much skill. And uh, Miami just don't quite have enough of it at the moment without Bam, without Butts. Give me the Pacers. Cleveland. They go to Washington. They're four and a half point underdogs. I'm going to take Cleveland. Again, talk about size. Cleveland have got out the wazoo. Washington, they've got Dan Gafford. Trez, it's going to be a good matchup, but I think Cleveland can make this really close, if not win it. So I'm taking the Cavs plus four and a half. Philly, they go to Atlanta. Oh, geez. Trey Young, Philly killer. Six is a one and a half point underdogs. That's right. I'm taking Philly. I think the size of Embiid versus uh, maybe some of the lack of depth on Atlanta. Philly win this one. Brooklyn, they host Minnesota. Uh, this was a tricky one because I don't know if Cat's going to be good to go. Probably not. So if he's not, I'm taking Brooklyn minus 7.5. Orlando, they go to Houston. Two extremely bad teams. I'm taking the Magic. They're 2.5-point underdogs in Houston. Houston have turned the ship around once they relegated Danny Tice uh, to the bench. But Orlando have been playing awesome every time they've had Cole Anthony. So I'm taking Orlando plus two and a half. New Orleans, they go to Dallas. Again, Dallas, eight and a half. Well, no. I think they played in New Orleans the other day. Dallas kicked the shit out of them. Eight and a half point favorites are Dallas at home. I'm going to take the Mavericks. Boston, they go to Utah. This is an interesting one. This is a great game. Utah versus Boston. Who knows what's going to happen here. I think Utah win it, but I think Boston keep this close. They're plus eight and a half. I'll take Boston getting eight and a half points. I think Utah win this, but it's a... Uh, Four-point game or something. Golden State, Phoenix. Great game. 
I'm taking the Warriors minus seven and a half. The Suns on a back-to-back, 18 straight wins. The Warriors, they've got to put, like, I reckon having figured out what the Suns did to them the other day, Steph won't play that badly again. He was well held by Bridges, obviously. He also just didn't shoot very well. I think the Warriors win this one. And I think they win it pretty handily as well. So Warriors going away, minus seven and a half. And then we've got a battle of LA, the Clippers and the Lakers. I love that it's Clippers at Lakers. It's the same building, bro. NBA Australia Center. Uh, one and a half point favorites of the Lakers. I'll take the Lakers with LeBron back. It's just too much firepower for the Clippers. AD, Rusty, LeBron. Hello. Uh, Sunday, we've got a 5 a.m. start. The Knicks are hosting Denver. I'm going to take the Knicks. Uh, Joker will kick the shit out of him. There's just not enough other stuff on the Denver team at the moment. And the Knicks really need a big win. Chicago, they go to Brooklyn. Brooklyn on a back-to-back. I'm going to take the Bulls. I think Vooch and Co. will feast, and the Bulls will win that one. Miami, that's going to be a great matchup, though. Can't wait. Milwaukee, they host Miami. Milwaukee with a couple of days off. Miami on a back-to-back. I'll take the Bucks. Dallas hosting Memphis. Memphis on fire. Dallas on a back-to-back, but they are at home. Oh, I kind of want to take Memphis. Yeah. I think they'll just sneak up on Dallas there. Uh, Golden State host San Antonio after beating the Suns the day before. I think San Antonio can beat them with Golden State on a back-to-back. I think it's a fascinating matchup, though. Boston go to Portland. Boston on a back-to-back after playing against Utah the night before. I'm going to take the Blazers at home where they're almost unbeatable. Clippers then go to Sacramento having played the Lakers the day before. I'm going to take the Kings. They play some weird janky games. We saw it the other day. Give me the Kings. And then on Monday, we start at 7.30 in the morning. Cleveland hosting Utah. I'm going to take the Cavs. I think the Utah Yaz traveling to Cleveland, having played Boston a couple of days before. I think the size of Cleveland versus Rudy Gobert's Staffel Tower on the Yaz is going to be great. Can't wait for that one. That's really good. But I reckon the Cavs can eke that out. Charlotte go to Atlanta. I think Charlotte are just too well-rounded. I think they can beat Atlanta in Atlanta. Washington go to Toronto. I'll take the whiz over the Raptors. I don't like it, but uh, that's the way I'm going to go. And finally, New Orleans at Houston. That is a gross... I reckon we'll be taping early on Monday <laughs> because that is a game no one fucking cares about, <laughs> including me. It'll be on the tally whilst I'm recording. And there you go. So I'm going to take the Pelicans in that one. Oh, I don't trust that one much, but yeah, let's go the Pelicans. And you know what? This has been a really fun week. Holy shit. We got through it, no worries. Uh, it's been another COVID case at the Squid's Daycare, so we'll see what happens next week. <laughs> so stay tuned. <laughs> God. Could be back with him 24-7. That'll be a bit of an interesting one. Either way, that's it for today. That's it for this week. Uh, check out NBA Australia on Twitter, Face EIG. We're all over the socials, even on the weekends. Uh, I do have pub cricket on Sunday, so I'll be out drinking all day Sunday. Uh, Check out NFL Australia with myself and Gaz. If you're interested in American football, throwball, uh, always a good time. Gaz and I getting shit-faced, talking shit. Adam with World Wrestling Australia over on YouTube. Check that out. FWCIE on Twitter. Adam's always great, great quality, so go check that out. NBAstraya.com slash shop. Get your merch, get your merch. Chuck us a rating and review on your podcast app. Go to manscaped.com. Use the code STRAYA and get 20% off and free shipping. All your men's grooming needs. Ball spritzing. TheDailyLincoln.com. Use the code STRAYER. Get a free sixer. Knowable. Banging that code STRAYER and get 20% off getting smarter. Use your noggin. Uh, big thanks. I've got to go to From Ozzo for the intro and outro song. Also check out Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozer for all the tunes you hear throughout the show. 
Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Apple Music, Spotify, however you listen to your tunes. Remember, NBA Australia supports Australian bands. We really do. Even with the squid, my Spotify yearly rap thing was just peppered with Aussie bands, so I fucking love it. All right, we'll uh, finish off with a classic cooking with Bainesy. Uh, enjoy that one. Always good. And we will catch you on Monday, you dickheads. Have a great weekend, would ya? Look after yourselves. And later, Hosen. Later, Hosen! Cooking with Bainesy is filmed in front of a live studio audience. And now it's time for Cooking with Bainesy with your host, Aaron Bangers Baines. <laughs> g'day, g'day, g'day. Yes, how are you all? Well, look at you over there. <laughs> I see you over there again, Cheryl. Yes, we know that you love it. Oh, this is great. Yeah, g'day. Welcome to Cooking with Bainesy. I am your host, Aaron Bangers Bainesy. All right, so this here episode, we're going to whip up one of my absolute favorite Australian staples. You can have it whenever as well, at night, for dinner, after a big night on the turps. It's that absolute Aussie classic. It is Hawaiian pizza. Oh, yes, that's right. I love me some Hawaiian pizza, and it's easy as to make, mate. I mean, it definitely helps keeping up this physique, if you know what I mean. I reckon I probably cook about three of these bloody things a week, you know what I'm saying? And also, hey, just just for yous out there as well, don't bloody listen to anyone who says shit about pineapple on pizza. They can go and do what I tell every centre in the Eastern Conference of the NBA. They can go fuck themselves, all right? You can put whatever the fuck you want on pizza. It's pizza. All right, so anyway, Hawaiian pizza is bloody simple, mate. All you gotta do is go down to your soupy and grab yourself a pizza base. I love the spongier, thick ones, you know. Grab a thing of tomato paste. Now, don't bother with the fancy pants shit with basil or oregano in it, unless you want to be like all fancy pants and shit. Because uh, then you just grab a bunch of shredded ham from the deli, grab a bag of shredded cheese. Now, you can have mozzarella, cheddar, home brand, whatever you want. Doesn't matter. It's just bloody cheese. And. The key ingredient, a tin of pineapple chunks. Now, it's pretty easy to whip this bad boy up, so let's get to it. All right, here we go. Now, just whip your base out. There you go. All right, now smother it with the tomato paste. Well, snip. There you go. Smooth it out a bit. Just make sure it's all over the inside thing. Now, dump your ham on there. Yep, all this shredded ham. Now, oh, get your fingers amongst that. Shove that to the edges. There you go. Spread that out nice and even. Yep, there you go. All right, now cover this liberally. With the dead pig. Come on, man. You've got to put the ham everywhere. You just need hoops and hoops and hoops of ham. Just make sure it's the nice shredded stuff, though. All right. Now, drain your pineapple into the sink. Or you can, you know, you can drain it into a cup and uh, drink that pineapple juice, you know. What bloke doesn't like a cup of pineapple juice, you know what I'm saying, ladies? Yeah, there we go. Now, fang the chunks of pineapple on there. Just put it everywhere, you know. Just throw it around. And then cover up the entire bloody thing with your shredded cheese. All right. Now, we've got this oven over here. 
Just wang her in there in the oven. There you go, just for a good 15, 20 minutes at about 220 degrees Celsius. None of that Fahrenheit bullshit. Now, sit back, grab a tin, and let her cook. Oh, doesn't that bloody well smell delicious? All right, now here's one we made a little bit earlier. So you can see once it's browned and a bit on the edges and all your cheese is all melty and nice, you whip her out, you chop her up into slices, and Bob is your bloody pizza-loving uncle. Now, give it a sec to cool down before you chow down. Don't burn your bloody tongue because that cheese will be hot as buggery, eh? So, all right, now it's there. Just get your bloody munch on. And that is an absolute bloody ripper of a meal. The best bit is, and this will impress everyone, right? You can cook it whenever you want. Mates, the missus, kids, everyone bloody loves Hawaiian pizza. And if they don't, just give them the old bangers, don't argue, and go tell them to cook their own bloody pizza. Because this is just bloody delicious, mate. All right, how easy was that? Cool. There you go. That is absolutely unreal. Love me some Hawaiian pizza. All right, so that's it for this week. Tune in next week for a new recipe, and we'll see you then on the next episode of Cooking with Bainsy.